is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, You know, I live in a... An odd space, I guess, on the political spectrum. I am a consistent constitutional conservative. You know what I think. You know why I think what I think. I spend an enormous amount of time explaining it. And yet, some days I'm accused of being all in for Trump. Some days I'm accused of being a never-Trumper, and so forth and so on. I'm not all in for Trump, and I'm not a never-Trumper. I promote Americanism, as I wrote about in my book, Rediscovering Americanism. And I fight progressivism, as I wrote in my book, The Tyranny of Progressivism. It's that simple. Now, these are not simple battles, but I'm not positioning myself. I wear my views on my sleeves, both of them. So I was listening attentively to the president's speech on his tax plan. Then I went back and read... Uh, some of the specifics, just to make sure I understood what some of the specifics were. And I think overall it's a very good plan. But there's two things that trouble me. At least right now, as best as I can understand it. Number one, more and more people will pay no federal income taxes. Do you think that's healthy? Do you think it's healthy that more and more people receive entitlements and federal subsidies and federal benefits, but don't pay a plug nickel in federal income taxes. And then he had this little nugget. He will drop the top rate from 39.6% to 35%, but he's open to a fourth bracket. That is a bracket that Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi can create for rich people. Of course, they don't define rich people. It could be Anybody or any family that earns $200,000 and up, for all I know. So we're going to leave it to the leftists, the anti-capitalist leftists, to decide what that is. We have no idea what income levels the president's talking about. They throw these terms around, these ambiguous terms, you know, the rich, the wealthy, whatever that means. And more and more of you, who do not believe you're rich or wealthy, are going to get caught up in this. Because the government wants more from you. Period. And you're a smaller percentage of the population than the people who receive government largesse. And this is becoming a growing problem in this country. And so for stating these two things, which I think are quite obvious, that more and more people shouldn't be able to get away with paying no federal income taxes while receiving more and more federal benefits, And, no, there shouldn't be a fourth bracket, just in case Chuck Schumer wants to use that, as a negotiating uh, uh, tool to, quote-unquote, stick it to the rich. And herein lies the difference between the populists and conservatives. Whether you're a progressive populist or some other form of populist, we don't play this class warfare game. We believe in individualism. We believe in individual freedom. We believe in property rights. 
So even if you're going to have a progressive income tax, which I reject, but there it is. It's in the Constitution under the 16th Amendment. Even if you're going to have a progressive income tax, you shouldn't use the language of Marx, Bernie Sanders, Saul Linsky, and all the other class warfare, warfare types to justify it. And I keep hearing an analogy with Reagan. First we're told, forget about Reagan. This is the greatest tax cut ever. First of all, it hasn't happened yet, so it's not the greatest anything ever. But secondly, can you imagine dropping the top tax rate from 70% to 28%? There was none of this talk about the class warfare. Reagan talked about slashing taxes across the board. That's exactly what he did. And while he created the alternative minimum tax and taxes of that sort, unfortunately, and it was done overwhelmingly by Democrats and Republicans, you learn. That's the thing about concert. You learn from human experience. Ideas that may have been good ideas 30, 40 years ago may not be a good idea today because we've experienced them. We've experienced them. Another thing I notice is the president had originally proposed as a candidate dropping the corporate tax rate from, uh, excuse me, to 15%. Now they've already pushed it back up to 20%. That's not a lot less than 25%. And so you're negotiating against yourself. You shouldn't go to 20%. You want to negotiate it down to 20% over time with people like Schumer in order to get it through? I get that. But why would you negotiate with yourself and drop it to 20%? Mark, we got to stick it to these bum corporations. Really? Folks, corporations are pass-throughs financially. I mean, they create things. That's why you have jobs in corporations, many people. And the corporations can be small, medium, or international, multinational. But if a corporation pays more in taxes to the federal government, it invests invests less in capital. It has less capital to invest in R&D, in infrastructure, in product development, and on and on and on and on. It has less money to pay in salaries, to pay in bonuses, pensions, because the government's like the mob. The government gets the extra percentage. And we know from report after report after report by various government watchdog agencies, government watchdog agencies, that the federal government wastes, give or take, $125 billion a year. And that stuff never gets addressed. Never gets addressed. Because you don't ask the mob to clean up its act. Right? So we get this class warfare stuff. So there's this fourth bracket. Obviously Chuck Schumer is going to grab a fourth bracket. And we keep talking about these are tax cuts for the middle class. Middle class. Rather than saying we believe in tax cuts for everybody across the board. That is people who actually pay taxes. Across the board. But we don't hear that. We hear there's going to be a fourth bracket. So even if we hear this is the most sweeping, sweeping overhaul since Ronald Reagan, no, it's, there's, there's, there's little poison pills in here. And if the president and his advisors and his surrogates on TV and radio think that they're going to mollify Schumer and the Democrats by playing this class warfare game with a fourth bracket and more and more people not paying any taxes, they're dead wrong. Don't they ever learn? Don't they ever learn? I guess the answer is no. They don't ever learn. 
Now, one man I have enormous respect for, and I have enormous respect for many, <clears throat> well, not many, but others, is a, uh, is, is a Ph.D. in economics, and his name is Mark Perry. He has a great website, too. You can check out Mark Perry yourself. And he also works, I assume he still does, for the American Enterprise Institute. And in a piece that our buddy Ben Shapiro has on his site, <clears throat> you ready for this? This is going to upset people. It's going to upset people. But let's not be deniers like the uh, like the climate types, that is, the, uh, the phonies who push their uh, climate change agenda. They're the real deniers. Let's stick with the facts. The richest 20% of Americans by income, we're not talking about billionaires and even millionaires here. The richest 20% by income, and that can be people who are, you know, over $85,000 a year. The richest 20% of Americans by income aren't just paying a share of federal taxes that would be considered fair. It goes way beyond fair, says Perry. They're shouldering almost 100% of the entire federal tax burden of transfer payments and all other non-financial government spending. The richest 20% of Americans by income aren't just paying a share of federal taxes that would be considered fair. They're shouldering almost 100% of the entire federal tax burden of transfer payments and all other non-financial government spending. This is what actual statistics tell us. Actual statistics from the Congressional Budget Office, among others. And those top 20% receive the smallest percentage of federal largesse. Just so you know the smallest percentage of federal largesse. And yet the president throws in this this fourth bracket. Now, why did he do that? Why did he do that? Well, Politico tells us why he did it the other day. President Trump, eager to work with Democrats on tax reform, upended Republican leaders' plans to cut taxes for the rich, just as the party is set to unveil its much-awaited tax proposal. Now, listen to the way the left writes and talks. The rich. Who are the rich? Who are they? Many of you fall into that category, and you're not rich. Or at least you don't think you are. During a meeting at the White House this Tuesday, Trump made a point of telling Republican and Democratic lawmakers that his top tax advisors, Gary Kahn, Treasury Secretary Stephen Munchkin, I mean uh, Mnuchin, both very affluent individuals, both liberal Democrats from New York, won't see their tax bills reduced. Both men nodded in agreement, sources in the room told Politico. So this is a sop for the radical left, the Bernie Sanders types, Elizabeth Warren types, and it won't work. Because they're already all over TV telling us that what Trump has proposed is tax cuts for the rich, and he screws the middle class. They do this every single time. Every single time there's an effort made to allow you to keep more of your money and the government to keep its hand out of your pocket. They did it with Reagan. They did it with Bush. They always do it. This is a mantra to be expected. But here's the point. If you play the class warfare game, it becomes increasingly more difficult to fight the class warfare game. Now, they want to compare this to Reagan. Reagan didn't play the class warfare game. He wasn't an economic populist nationalist. He had spent decades in the public sector, in the private sector, 
as a private citizen and as a public official, crisscrossing the country, speaking to small groups and large groups, speaking privately and to the TV cameras about capitalism. About capitalism. I hear people talk about economic growth. We need economic growth. Why don't they defend capitalism? Why don't they object to class warfare propaganda? We can't win that argument. We don't even want to win that argument. It's about Americanism and capitalism when we're talking about tax cuts. It's not about populism and progressivism. It's not about class warfare. It's about talking to all Americans as human beings, talking to all Americans as individuals. Stop assigning them fictional organizational titles created by the Internal Revenue Service. Stop assigning our fellow citizens fictional group titles assigned to them by politicians and public relations firms. I don't know about you, but when I work, I'm not working for a class or a group or whatever they try to impose or project upon us, and neither do you. Neither do you. These are phony categories they stick us in. It is a Marxist mentality that we need to reject. And the only way you get past Democrats and Republicans in Congress, a full-throated, across-the-board tax cut to create true job growth, true wealth creation, true economic success in a country, is to take on the left, to take on the carnival barkers, the, the Marxist lights, and challenge them with our principles. We want a vibrant, a vibrant economy. You get a vibrant economy by unleashing the American people. The so-called rich, the so-called middle class, the so-called upper middle class, so-called blue collar, so-called white collar. Unleash the American people from the chains of taxation, the chains of regulation, the chains of government. That's how you create jobs. That's how you create wealth. What's this fourth category that's sort of hanging out there for for the liberals to grab onto so we have bipartisan tax reform. I'll be right back. Try not to listen to the howling Democrats when it comes to this. They are Marxist propagandists who will defend government no matter what, defend every single government program no matter what, every single government department, agency, district, region, unit, office, division, no matter what. They don't care about the private sector. They don't care about private citizens who have private jobs or breaking their backs to make ends meet. They're all about government, government, and more government. And they want more and more of your liberty and more and more of your wealth in order to redesign the country in their image. And their image ain't very pretty, ladies and gentlemen. Now, there's some good things in here, too, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and that is, in fact, they are going to try and lower the corporate tax rate. I just think to give up 5% of it like that, 5%, it was going to be 15 20%, so you're really giving up 25%, 5% of the 20 is a big mistake. Um, there are other things in here that I like. Uh, there are deductions uh, for your mortgage interest. There are deductions for charitable contributions, but they would eliminate deductions for property taxes. 
So if you pay property taxes, uh, state and local taxes and so forth, um, and you have an itemized deduction, itemized deductions, those uh, would be eliminated. Now, let me ask you something. I can see eliminating things like that if you're going to go for the big, the big brass ring, a national flat tax, where everybody's taxes are lowered and they're at a, a standard rate, <clears throat> and they're so low that you don't really have to worry so much about these itemized deductions. Or a fair tax where there's a full-bore effort to amend the Constitution and eliminate the 16th Amendment and go with a national tax. So whether you agree with those or not, I can see if you're going to really push for serious changes when it comes to federal taxation, then I can say, okay, we're going to get rid of uh, your, your ta- you can't deduct state and local taxes uh, and furthermore interest and uh, and charitable expenses and that sort of. But we're not doing that. Not doing that at all. This is not nearly as radical as the Reagan tax cuts. I'm sorry, Stephen Moore. I'm sorry, uh, Larry and everybody. It's just not. Now, they get it rid of the estate tax, which is smart. So more and more of you small business people, including farmers, you'll get to, your kids will get to inherit your property. The Mark Levin Show, where we create the talking points. Call in now, 877-381-3811. So they're thinking about a surcharge on the wealthy. You know, the bluest of blue states do this. And what happens? The wealthy leave, or their money leaves. Maryland has done this. New Jersey has done this. Other states have done it. And people and their money flee to other states. If the goal is to keep money in this country, to keep capital in this country, to invest in this country, then why adopt the policies of the bluest of blue state leftists? In this regard, why adopt the class warfare propaganda? Why aren't we proudly speaking out about markets? Here's the deal. If we don't educate the American people, they're not going to hear about this stuff. They're not going to hear about it from the media. They're not going to get in most uh, colleges or universities. They're not going to read about it in most newspapers. And they're not going to hear about it from Democrat politicians, certainly, and most Republican politicians. So we have been conquered in many respects by Marx, by Hegel, by Rousseau, more contemporary, uh, their, their offspring, their progeny, Saul Linsky and so forth. We've been conquered because we're even afraid to use the language. Instead, we mimic them. Well, we're going to get the rich with a new bracket, a new subsidies. This is a tax cut for the middle class. This is America, ladies and gentlemen. The middle class, lower class, upper class. This is America. People are rich one day, they're poor the next. People are poor one day, they're rich the next. The vast majority of the people in this country view themselves as this class or that class or another class. 
And we're not victims. We don't need to be pandered to. We just want the government to get the hell out of our face so we can do what we do. Please, when you call me tonight, please, don't give me these soft Marxism. This guy deserves this. This guy deserves that. No. We should have across-the-board income tax slashing. That's what we should have. Without all the problem about the rich and the poor and the middle class and this class and that class. This mentality is just destructive. It's absolutely destructive. And when I hear Republicans and so-called conservatives, pseudo-conservatives, using the language of the left, there's nothing more frustrating. Nothing. The president needs a win, we're told. We'll get a win the old-fashioned way. Make the case. And you know what? I don't mean to be presumptuous, but if I were the president, you know what I would say on these political problems he's having? I would say this. I got 52 Republicans in the Senate. But there's about a half a dozen of them, day in and day out, are working against my agenda. I wanted to repeal Obamacare, but they voted with the Democrats and they blocked me. I wanted to build a wall, but they voted with the Democrats and they blocked me. There's many other things I want to do. This is the nature of politics under our Constitution. This is the nature of the Republican Party. It's in a sad state of affairs. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to elect more conservatives in more Republican primaries who agree with me. And so this is going to take a little bit longer than I thought. Because apparently these same entrenched Republicans haven't gotten the message yet. So they're going to get the message now. And it would help, by the way, if Donald Trump wouldn't back candidates like Luther Strange. It would help a lot. Back in Arizona, we have an opportunity. With Kelly Ward. And there'll be other opportunities in other states. Put it all on the line and fight for them so you fight for your agenda when they're done. You're not going to win with the John McCain's and the Susan Collinses and the Lisa Murkowski's and on and on and on. And we have many Republicans who are from solidly conservative states who are progressives. I don't care why they are, but they are, and they must be defeated. If he wants a majority, he's got to go out there and get it. He's not going to be able to eliminate the filibuster rule. He's not going to be able to eliminate. Whether you agree with it or not, he's not going to be able to do it. You need a supermajority to do it. Just get 55, 56 Republicans. Make sure the new ones coming in, a substantial percentage of them, are conservatives who will back your cons the conservative part of your agenda at least. And then you'll get your agenda through, at least, at least big chunks of it. But I can tell you already, you're going to have Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski and John McCain and this one and that one. Nah, nah, there needs to be more of this and more of that and more of this. And they're going to be talking about redistributing wealth and less tax cuts and, uh, you know, more, more of the same crapola that we get from these Republicans all the time. All the time. And just make the case. And then there are these Republicans who just fill... Seats, like this guy John Thune from South Dakota, stands for absolutely nothing. Nothing. Absolute rhino. And there's more than that. You know, Trump's talking about backing Orrin Hatch if he wants to run for his 417th term. 
Now, why the hell would you do that? He lied to us five years ago. He lied to us. Now, why would you support him when he's not going to lead on the president's conservative agenda items? So there's a lot of stupid politics going on here and bad decisions going on here if you want to advance your agenda. Now, that said, we are going to line up behind this Trump proposal if there are aspects of it that are seriously wanting. Mark at 80%. No, it's not about 80%. As I say, there are a number of good things in this proposal. But there are a number of bad things in this proposal. What is this? What is this surcharge on the wealthy with this fourth bracket hanging around out there? And what do they mean by wealthy? Can somebody give us a definition? Is it a, a two-income family? What is this wealthy? I want to know what it is. Who are they talking about? You know, there are people in this country who are wealthy, quote-unquote, but they're not billionaires and they're not millionaires. Maybe it's a, a two-income family and they're earning $200,000 a year, or $189,012 a year, or, or $311,000 a year. They're paying a hell of a lot of taxes, a lot of taxes. And as Dr. Mark Perry pointed out, who I referenced earlier in the program, the top 20% income earners in this country, and we're not talking about all billionaires and millionaires, we're talking about a lot of people who are in far less than that, maybe 100,000, 120, 150, whatever. They're carrying the load for this country, virtually 100%. When you consider entitlements and subsidies and all the rest. That's unacceptable. Absolutely unacceptable. So if you raise taxes on the people who earn these incomes or invest this kind of money in small businesses and so forth, you're not going to create a bunch of new jobs. That's why Reagan rejected. They want to keep comparing it to Reagan, Kudlow and Moore and others. Kudlow having worked in the OMB, well, I worked in the Reagan administration, too, and let me tell you, he didn't use his propaganda. He talked about creating jobs, good-paying jobs. He talked about cutting taxes for everyone across the board, and he duked it out and duked it out and duked it out. The president has a wonderful opportunity with the United States Senate in this election cycle. Two-thirds of the candidates up are, uh, are incumbent uh, Democrats. And already, a guy like Corker has announced he's not going to run. Okay, now get involved in the selection process in Tennessee and find a conservative who's a capitalist who will support your agenda, Mr. President, on these conservative items. Go for it. And there's going to be others who don't run. Others who don't run. And don't allow the headlines of the New York Slimes and the Washington Compost and all the liberal kooks who show up on cable TV and the rest influence you about what's going on here. Here's the New York Slimes. Trump proposes the most sweeping tax overhaul in decades. Now, many of you might be cheering that. But this is not written for you. This is written for left-wing Democrats. That's a, that's a, a, a whistle, a dog whistle out there. Stop them, stop them. We don't want the most sweeping tax overhaul in decades. For us, if you're going to have a surcharge on wealthy people, whatever that means, wealthy businesses, small business, whatever that means, or fourth bracket, whatever that means. That's not the most sweeping tax overhaul in decades. That's a uh, 
That's a tool that will be used by the Democrats to undermine this whole process. Anyway, again, there are, there are several good things in this proposal. Let, let, let's take this one, eliminating the estate tax. We're told this is, this is a real, you know, this, this is outrageous. This really is for the rich. We're talking about $3 million, $4 million, $5 million, no estate tax at all. People, $100 million. Let me tell you something, folks. The estate tax doesn't help poor people. It doesn't help, quote-unquote, the middle class. It doesn't help anybody. That money goes to the federal government to dish out as the politicians and bureaucrats decide to dish it out. It's not like somebody pays 40, 50, 60 percent total in estate taxes and it goes to, uh, you know, the Red Cross or the Salvation Army or uh, for saving uh, dogs or going to, uh, you know, veterans. That's not what happens. It goes to the mob. And then there's a moral issue here. When you die, you've, you've paid all these taxes that they're trying to get their hands on. This is nothing more than a wealth tax right at the end of, you know, when, when life is over. You've created all this with your hands, with your mind, with your capacity, with your ability. For your family, you want to leave it to your family. You know what the federal government is? No, you leave it to us. Now, of course, they, they clothe this. And again, the Marxist propaganda. What, tax cuts for the rich? What about the poor? It's had nothing to do with the poor. Nothing. It's either more money is left to a family, which may have a small business, which may have a farm, whatever it is, so they can continue it, continue producing products, continue providing services, continuing employment of, uh, of individuals or expanding employment. It's the private sector. It's capitalism. It's private property. That's it's one of the reasons we were founded as a nation. Or... It goes to our overlords in government, to the bureaucrats and the politicians who get to decide what to do with the wealth your family created during its lifetime. It's the death tax. That's why we call it the death tax. It's one more way to screw the American people. Now, if you're not in a bracket, quote unquote, that is affected by that, you might say, well, what do I care? Because you're an American. That's my point. Forget about the class warfare. What's right is right. What's moral is moral. In addition, what's good policy is good policy. What's bad policy is bad policy. Good policy is the more money left in private hands, the hands that created the money, the better. The more money left in the private sector, the better. I mean, after all, we have all these NFL football players, multimillionaires virtually to a man. We don't want to take all their money away, now do we? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. By the way, there's a lot more on uh, sports versus the American people. Why don't I call it that? Or should I call it Professional sports versus the American people. That's what I'll call it. We've got a lot more on this. You know, ladies and gentlemen, the Genesis warehouse sale from Chamonix, it's clearing out fast. So you want to order now to get double your order for, of Genesis for free. Genesis is a natural plant stem cell treatment with advanced peptides for the pesky bags and puffiness under the eyes. 
And with Genesil's immediate effects, you'll see amazing results in about 12 hours, and that is amazing. Call now and get double your order of Genesil free. Genesil is backed by the best customer service in the business and an ironclad 60-day money-back guarantee. But I'm not finished. Call now and you'll get a two-month supply of the legendary Deep Firming Serum also free. Call in the next 20 minutes and get a free two-month supply of Esotique RF, which is Chamonix's most popular wrinkle treatment free. That's your fourth free gift. Four. Call 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604. Double up on Genesel. Get the Deep Firming Serum and Esotique all free while supplies last. Order now and Chamonix will include a special luxury gift. That's actually five free gifts. Yours free, just for trying Genesel. 800-SKIN-604. That's 800-SKIN-604. Sporting news. One on, on the behind the scene, one behind the scenes TV staffer at another stadium, this is at Red State, told Sporting News that camera operators were ordered to avoid crowd shots in case they showed fans counter protesting the protests. So now the media are involved in censorship. Censorship and propaganda on behalf of the NFL. NBC Sports, CBS Sports, Fox Sports and ESPN pay billions each year to televise live NFL games. The league saw this weekend's unprecedented anthem coverage as a golden opportunity to demonstrate unity among players, coaches, and owners in opposition to Trump's comments. So, if you folks go into football games, rightly protest the protesters, boo the millionaires on the field who are disrespecting you in this country, oh, yes, they are. Well, the sports media, appears, wants to censor that. You know, they're digging a hole for themselves so deeply. I don't know if they'll ever get out of this. Okay, so we've talked about some of the good aspects of the Trump proposal, but there's some doozies in there. And these so-called pro-growthers who bounce around from radio station to radio station, cable TV show to cable TV show, they'll be the Rockettes, they'll be the pom-pom dancers, and they'll tell you this is swell, swell, swell. Well, a big chunk of it is swell. But a big chunk of it's not. Then they're going to tell you, yeah, half a loaf is better than none. Not when you're talking like Marxists. Not when you're using the Hegelian and Marxist dialectics, the economic historicism that I wrote about, not to confuse people, in Rediscovering Americanism. Try talking like a capitalist. Try talking like somebody who believes in private property rights. Try talking like somebody who believes in individualism. You're going to hear them go on, you know, for the middle class, this is really great. Soon as they utter words like that, you know, they've lost their way. Substitute the phrase middle class with American people. For the American people. You know, for the middle class, is it? No, 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 no. For the American people, boys and girls. Now, hey, for the middle class. Now, the rich this and the poor that. Then you know you're dealing with knuckleheads. All right, let's take a call. Mike, St. Clair Shores, Michigan, on the Mark Levin app, a trucker. You sure you're not a billionaire, a millionaire, Mike? No, sir. I live paycheck to paycheck, and uh, I'm so honored to be with you on a radio once again. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, sir. A um, couple things here. Uh, first of all, in my personal opinion, consumer confidence is what truly sparks the economy. Uh, when people have a jingle in their pocket, they spend their money. 
I mean, you could see it locally in Detroit when the big three give out their profit-sharing checks. Uh, people spend like crazy. You could go back to Obama administration when Apple phone came out with a new phone that people were lined up around the corner to buy or, or spend $700 a phone. And that particular month, the consumer confidence was through the roof that month. And, and uh, of course, the, the left was saying, "Yo, look, he's turning the economy around. That was just one phone and one product. If the government would just cut us loose, let us do what we do best, and that's work and make money, get out of our way, this country would shine like never before. Mike, I love you, baby. Common sense. Absolute common sense from a man who drives the roads of this country. Thank you, Mike. We'll be right back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. And I'm sick of being told, aren't you? You know, uh, Mark, 80% is better than nothing. Half a loaf is better than nothing. Great. So let's get 80%. Have we done that yet? No. Did we get half a loaf anywhere yet? No. So why don't these these uh, experts in platitudes just shut up? The way you get 80% or half a loaf is fighting on principle. Fight for 100%. Then you might get 80% or half a loaf. But if you're fighting for a half a loaf or less than 100%, you're not going to get crap. You're going to get butkus. Now, we'll keep this on the uh, on the table. I know many of you want to discuss it based on the call screens here, uh, or the call screen. But I want to circle back again to what we were discussing yesterday. Professional sports versus the American people. There's an outstanding piece by our buddy Daniel Horowitz. And uh, it has a provocative title, but I'm going to read most of it to you so you can process this yourself. It says, black lives actually don't matter to the NFL on the left. Black lives matter. Violent crime, black victims are at highest level in 25 years. And he writes, lost in the imbroglio over the NFL's disrespect for our national anthem is the irony of the original impetus for Colin Kaepernick's antics. Players are protesting supposed police brutality, while new data shows There's a growing epidemic of violent crime in America, which is likely the result of dissuading police from proactive law enforcement work. Sadly, the biggest victims of this rebounding, African Americans. Where's the protest or outrage over violent crime in inner cities rather than the police response to it? It's hard to overstate the importance of yesterday's release of crime data from the FBI showing a second straight year with rising violent crime. After plummeting for 23 years, and we can thank Obama and Holder and the rest of the left for this. After plummeting for 23 years, violent crime rose in 2015 and again in 2016, bending the only positive social trajectory we've witnessed over the past generation. According to the FBI, violent crime rose by 4.1% and the murder rate spiked by 8.6%, the single greatest year increase in 25 years. 
Also, while the murder rate spiked in all city-sized groups, it skyrocketed by over 20% in cities with over 1 million people. This after increasing by a similar rate in 2015. While the overall violent crime rate is still relatively low compared to the 70s, due to the quarter-century-long decline, the rate has now climbed back to 2012 levels, setting, up back, uh, setting us back five years' worth of progress. These latest numbers demonstrate that the 2015 increase was not a blip on the radar, but a likely trajectory change. Unlike most other statistics, which fluctuate from time to time, this new trend is very alarming. When violent crime drops every year for over two decades, there are clearly some fixed and inveterate macro factors are at play. While criminologists disagree over the causes behind the drop, more aggressive policing and tougher sentences are undeniably a major part of the equation. But whether one believes the great crime reduction miracle is the result of tough-on-crime laws or other sociological reasons, takes a pretty transcendent countervailing factor to reverse this 23-year trend by even a small percentage, much less a significant increase. This is why it's dishonest when some major media outlets tout the fact that crime is still relatively low compared to the pre-90s era. There's been a generational sea shift in violent crime that is almost permanent. Of course, it'll take many years of dismantling law and order to return to the pre-Giuliani days. Do we really want to wait for another few years of spikes in crime to pull the fire alarm? It's hard to deny that the war on the police over the past few years has affected policing practices and performance nationwide. Also, the chickens of the endless criminal releases and, and leniencies and sentencing sweeping the nation are coming home to roost. As we observed last year in our series of articles on the effort to promote jailbreak and conservative review, now is the worst time to begin rolling back all the factors that led to the, miracle, to the miraculous decline in violent crime. Which is why having Jared Kushner work with the left on criminal justice reform is another disaster waiting to happen, on par with his collaboration with Senator Dickert Durbin on amnesty. Thus, it is clear that the Black Lives Matter war on police has done more to fuel crime than any other factor this generation. Why does it hurt the most? The very lives for which they claim to care. Well, according to the Wall Street Journal, in 2014, 698 more blacks were killed than whites. And that's according to the FBI statistics. In 2015, 1,185 more blacks were killed than whites, according to the same data. Well, based on the new tables in the FBI's Crime in the United States report, 1,305 more blacks were killed than whites in 2016. That is simply an astounding statistic, given that blacks comprise just 13% of the population. And the trajectory has gotten worse, worse since the inception of the war on the police. This is not the result of police brutality. This is the result of the war on the police and preventing them from addressing the real issues plaguing American cities. Black-on-black crime. There were almost 1,100 more black murder offenders than whites, even though they compromise a fraction of the population. Blacks killing blacks. We could shut down every police department in America, and all it would do is lead to more bloodletting for everyone, but most devastatingly, for black communities. Even if we were to accept the premise of the Black Lives Matter movement that all 16 unarmed blacks shot by police last year were not in self-defense, that accounts for just 0.002% of the 
of the 7,881 black homicide victims, the overwhelming majority of whom were killed by black criminals, not whites or police. What we are seeing today in popular culture, protesting the police, is akin to protesting the firefighters instead of the arsonists. Do black lives really matter? If they do, the hard data show incontrovertibly that the Ferguson effect, dismantling the police and the criminal justice system in inner cities, is the most direct way to ensuring that their lives indeed don't matter. Perhaps we, alongside NFL players uh, and perpetually outraged BLM groups, should take a knee for the missing 7,881 black victims of 2016. And just not during the nas- just not during the national anthem. It really makes this take the knee during the national anthem even more outrageous. It's not only thoroughly disrespectful to this country and the men and women who fight for it and fought for it, and the men and women who protect us in our streets and in our communities, but look what they're taking a knee for. Anti-cop anti-system, anti-law and order. They're not even taking a knee for the right reason, let alone the timing of the knee. This is a pathetic movement. This is a movement that has no justification, none. Well, if it does, it's certainly not a rational one. And no, this isn't about the First Amendment. There's no First Amendment issue. No, this isn't about free speech, as these men are free to speak all they want. But then again, the men and women who own these teams, they're free to speak and act too. So far, they've done almost nothing as this outrage continues. But the protest, the protest, as best as we can figure, because there seem to be disparate issues and have disparate meanings. But if the protests are as Kaepernick, Kaepernick phrased it, Then he has it, and they have it all wrong, don't they? The police aren't the enemy. The criminals are the enemy. In the majority of black communities, the vast majority of murder is black-on-black murder. How about we take a knee against that? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. For you. How is it possible for people who have no connection with conservatives, no connection with the grassroots, to go on TV and radio and tell the nation what you and I are thinking and doing and saying? How is it possible that they are interpreting what's taking place for us and telling the rest of the nation? They don't know us. They don't want to know us. They don't want to be among us. It's an amazing thing. And by the way, I have a, I have a message for the big media out there, the New York Slimes, Politico, the Washington Compost, all the rest. Why don't you do a little bit of fact gathering before you burp up your stuff? Now, what am I talking about? This is just me here, little old me speaking. Don't throw my name with a whole bunch of radio hosts who are out there beating their chests when, in fact, they have very few affiliates and a very small audience. 
I mean, I'm tired of this. It's just bizarre. There are certain hosts who have massive audiences that have 300, 400, 500 affiliates who are on satellite radio, who are on apps, who are on uh, millions and millions of iPod downloads. And this isn't to put anybody down, but why put my name in with them as if they had some huge influence with the Day Brat election when they didn't, they don't even have an affiliate in there. Or they have some huge influence in Alabama. So it's just mind boggling to me, all the false reporting, the false narratives, the positioning and the myths that are pushed out there. It truly is. I know you don't care. I don't much blame you for not caring. All right. We've got a number of things on the table, and there's more I want to get to. There's just a lot going on out there, and I think it's important. Let us go to Mike, Staten Island, New York, the great WABC. Go. Great one. It is truly an honor to speak to you. Uh, I just want to quickly thank you and say uh, I really appreciate your steadfastness as a constitutional conservative. You really are a bedrock in uh, crazy times we live in, and it's uh, really refreshing to hear your voice every day and kind of keep me on a on a right path. That being said, you. Um, I am a police officer, have been for almost 10 years uh, in New York and New Jersey. I work for the Port Authority Police. Um, I just want to point out, I was speaking to your call screener, uh, I just want to debunk this whole myth that it's uh, a First Amendment right uh, in the NFL for players to kneel and, and, and do what they're doing, make their demonstrations. I, as a law enforcement officer, am not allowed by the NFL restrictions to bring my duty weapon to a game. It is against their policy. Uh, they will not let me in the stadium. Uh, I would have to check it somewhere. I cannot take it to a seat in the in, in any NFL stadium across the country because I've researched it. I looked it up. Uh, I just find it ironic that they're claiming everyone has a right to their First Amendment, but somehow I, as a law enforcement officer, don't have a right to the Second Amendment. Isn't Very that interesting? That's it. First of all, as you know, we know, the Bill of Rights don't apply here. But what you're saying is other people are saying the First Amendment does apply, right or wrong. Okay, what about my Second Amendment right? Isn't that fascinating? Right. I, I just thought it was uh, a, a real <laughs> real interesting take on how uh, all of a sudden now we're where uh, we're going to pick and choose which rights in the Bill of Rights we, we want to enforce and believe in and, and hold sacred. So, And it's an excellent point, Mike. So how far do they want to take this? Can the fans go on the field and uh, kneel down when they disagree with what, uh, what the players are doing? Not to mention also, I'm, I mean, in most major league sports, there's uh, rules of conduct that regulate your speech as a fan. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, you can't say anything and everything you want, otherwise you get a tap on the shoulder by security and they're escorting you out of the stadium. Um, Mm -hmm. So I just find it very funny when your First Amendment is allowed and who's allowed to utilize the First Amendment, because it's clearly not across the board and it's not all of the Bill of Rights. But but, but the same thing applies to the NFL speech code. When the Dallas Cowboys wanted to wear symbols, I believe it was on their shoes, but it may have been on another part of their uniform. Uh, honoring those police officers who were brutally murdered, the NFL said no. Yeah, which is uh, absolutely ridiculous. And I want to thank you for bringing attention to that and always being a, a strong supporter of our military. God bless the men and women in uniform, uh, my fellow law enforcement officers, firefighters, EMS. Uh, you say it every Friday. I love listening to uh, Ray Charles every Friday. It's a, a beautiful thing you do. And from from 
the bottom of my heart, I want to thank you thank for you uh, very keeping, much. keeping us on, on a national sta- uh, stage. So I do appreciate everything you do. All right, Mike. God bless you. Be careful out there. Yes, indeed. Be careful out there. Can you imagine the vast majority of us are not police officers? Can you imagine being a police officer? You know, you go to work each day. You don't know what the hell you're going to confront. And one of the things you have to worry about is getting caught up in a, a, a horrific, you know, political storm. A horrific political storm. We had a guy call yesterday, you might remember, I believe it was from Chicago. Uh, and he attacked police, and he attacked juries, and he attacked prosecutors, he attacked the courts, he attacked the whole thing, said it's all a setup. And this is a mentality that is spreading, this is a mentality that is perpetuated by uh, morons like Al Sharpton, among others. It's a lie, it's a big lie. And it undermines our society. Let us continue. Jerry, Passaic, New Jersey, the great WABC, go. I've called you before. There should be a fourth bracket, 4% for people that don't pay anything. That would really help basically straighten out the economy. Well, whether it straightens out the economy or not, morally, it seems to me everybody ought to pay something. If everybody, I mean, if people believe in the federal income tax, it shouldn't just be, oh, those citizens over there should pay, but those citizens over there don't have to pay anything. Meanwhile, all citizens can, can participate in the largesse. And yet the people who pay the most get the least. And I pay over here in Jersey over 11000 between water and real estate. Yeah, your, your state's nuts. Uh, and uh, by the I, way, that's why half of New Jersey lives in Florida, just so you know. Well, I'm contemplating moving to either the Carolinas or Texas at some point because I'm getting sick over here. Because I'm self-employed and whatever I have, I put away my own money. Yes, but when you pass away, apparently the government's going to get a big chunk of it. Because, you see, otherwise you're among the rich and you don't deserve it. I mean, that's basically what the left is all about, right? Yeah, if they want to find other money, there's places to find it. They don't need to find other money. Cut the size of the damn government already. Thank you for your call. Money, money, money. Donna, Frederick, Maryland, the great WMAL, go. Hi, Mark. I just want to say the one word I'm hearing thrown around all over the place ever since Trump got elected, and it happens when we have any Republican, you never hear it with Democrats in office, is the word bipartisan. Bipartisan schmartisan. We should be the ones who should take this ball and run with it. And, of course, I'm not talking about the national flaming liberals uh, football players. I'm talking about... This is our moment, and we need to take this and fly. Republicans, hello, anybody home? Yeah, yeah, but you have a handful of these kooks like Susan Collins and so forth. It only takes a few, and that's why I said at the beginning of the program, Trump needs to go out there and say, look, I've got an obstacle here. We're going to make sure in the next election we're going to have a great opportunity in the Senate and call out by names and help conservatives win in these primaries. Thank you, Donna. I'll be back. America's mentor of conservatism. Call now at 877 381 3811. I love these shirts. 
Love these shirts. You know, if you want the absolute best shirts around, you have to check out CT shirts. I've got three of them. And I'm getting three more. And I do love these shirts. And a buddy of mine who uh, retired from the military as a colonel, uh, we saw him the other day and I, I saw he was wearing a CT shirt. And I put my hand on his, you know, shoulder and I said, so you like CT shirts too? He said, Mark, I love them. It's the only shirt I buy. Now folks, they're the absolute best shirts around. You really need to check out these CT shirts. If you want to try them, because once you do, you'll never go back to some random shirt off the shelf of a department store. Plus, CD shirts come in custom sizes, so you're not messing with ill-fitted sleeve lengths or neck sizes. It's time to step up your game and look your best, so I got you a special CT shirts deal. CT shirts are British-styled using the softest, most exquisite fabrics ever. Work or casual, tie or no tie, and I don't like to wear a tie, but you can, tucked and untucked, when you're wearing a CT shirt, you look great, and you know you look great. So here's the deal. One CT shirt normally costs 100 bucks, but right now, you'll get three. Three shirts for just $99. That's 60% off. And CT shirts come with free delivery, a six-month quality guarantee, and free returns. Now listen to this. Free delivery, a six-month quality guarantee, and free returns. Not going to get that from some department store. If you hurry, 99 bucks gets you Three amazing CT shirts. Now, here's how you do it. By the way, great gifts. Great gifts. If you ladies want to get your husband or your boyfriend one of these shirts, I'll tell you what. They are great gifts. Go to ctshirts.com slash Levin. It's that simple. ctshirts.com slash L-E-V-I-N. One more time. That's ctshirts.com slash L-E-V-I-N. Levin. These are great shirts. You'll know it when you get them. It's a great deal. A great deal. And remember, remember, P- P- uh, CT shirts come in custom sizes. You don't have to mess around with the sleeves and the neck. They don't fit and so forth. And you know you do when you buy shirts elsewhere, right? But it's effectively 60% off. You get three shirts. And that is a great deal as far as I'm concerned. So I'm going to be ordering another three myself very, very soon. Like tomorrow morning. All right, Joe, Washington, D.C., the great WMAL. He likes the uh, the estate tax or the death tax, as I call it. Go right ahead. Hey, Mark. No, thanks for having me on here. And you Well, know, it's I, my great pleasure. Go right ahead. No, 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 I, I, I appreciate it. And, you know, I think it's important if you want to do your job of informing your audience yes, about, yes. about the intricacies of the estate tax, yeah, it's really important. Out. Yeah, it's really important that you point out the massive exemption that's involved here. And go ahead. Know, Tell, all right, let's slow down. You must be a lib the way you talk. No, First no. First no. of all, the ma- let me finish, and I'll let you finish. The massive exemption. That money belongs to a family. Exemption from what? So. Uh, so I'm what? Gonna, Somebody's yeah. already paid taxes, multiple taxes on that, on that and property, I, and, on that money, and then when they die, the, I told you I'm going to let you speak. Here's what you libs don't understand. This is called a conversation. What are you going to do? Take a knee now? Or are you going to let me finish? You used a word that I find preposterous. You called it, they get a massive exemption. Pal, it's called wealth creation. Once I've paid my taxes, and this is for everybody, once I have followed the law as a good citizen, 
and I invest it in a business or in a farm or put it in the bank, the government comes back for more. There's no exemption unless you live through the Internal Revenue Code. The Internal Revenue Code isn't isn't the end-all and be-all. The Constitution is. The Declaration is. Individualism is. Liberty is. Now, go ahead and tell us tell us where we're all wrong. No, I, I don't think you're wrong at all. And certainly, we can use a legislative process if you feel as though the estate tax or your listeners view it's largely improper. Um, I just wanted to ma- make the point that a married couple gets a $10.9 million exemption, meaning that if their estate is worth less than that, they're not going to be subject to this tax. And so what? Will, well, let so me, what? Excuse me. Let me let me finish, and then I'll explain why this matters. So, well, tell us quickly. A, you did, yes, you just had a very nice uh, person call in from New Jersey, and you said, you know, he's going to have to pay the estate tax. I guarantee that if you look at your Nielsen data. Well, first of all, New Jersey has a horrific estate tax. Have you ever looked at New Jersey's estate tax? No, no, no. I, I'm going. I'm talking about. We're talking about the IRS here and the federal income tax. All right, go so, ahead. So, so, so I, I, I'm sure that if you look at your your demographic data and the income data of the average listener that you have, the, the who cares? That's not what we do here, sir. No, nobody here is listening to the average demographic data. The person who listens to this show doesn't meet the ten point one million dollar, ten point nine million dollar threshold. We don't care. We're not jealous. We're not out to screw other people. Maybe they work for somebody who has the ten point nine million dollar threshold. You ever think of that? Oh, no, absolutely. Maybe they get, maybe they, excuse me, maybe they get products or services from somebody who are at the $10.9 million threshold. Maybe the person at the $10.9 million threshold has created a fabulous drug that saves lives. Or maybe they're creating products that people want. So your, your whole concept is wrong, but go ahead. So the, the example that you point out, largely they're going to be incorporated anyway, and they're not going to be affected by the, the parade of terribles that you mentioned. But, you know, I didn't mention wait. a parade of terribles. I said if they're individuals who are, you know, ensnared by this, devoured by this, you know, they're not going to have the money they did have to invest, R&D, capital, and so forth. And, so. and by the way, if most of them are incorporated, why are you even bothering calling me about this? Oh, no, no, I, I just want you to point out to your viewers, or to your listeners. Stop telling me what you want me to point out. Just make your case, which you have not so far. My, my, my case is, is that we are, there's too many Americans who have absolute wage stagnation, and that the government is just trying, or there's some people in the government now who are saying, you know what, people just need affordable health care. There's a lot of people who can't afford crap. There's and I believe in affordable health care, too. That's why you've got to get the government out of the way. Medicaid's not enough. Medicare's not enough. Uh, child subsidies for health care are not enough, apparently. 25% of every dollar that, that every state spends goes towards Medicaid and so forth. But you don't think that's enough. And so you're here, well, let's take this money. Now, why don't you tell everybody how much money actually the government collects from the estate tax? How much money the government, I, I honestly... How I much cannot. does it collect a year? I, I don't know the, the number. I'm not going to... Does the government connect enough to massively expand health care? Certainly not. Certainly not, but it's one small piece of the puzzle. No, it's not one small piece of the puzzle. The problem is, sir, we come at this from a different perspective. You are government-centric. And despite the fact that government is $20 trillion in fiscal uh, fiscal operating in the hole and over $200 trillion in the hole, despite the fact that Social Security trustees, trustees, have said Social Security is done in 12 years, and the Medicare trustees say 15, 16, maybe 17 years, you're still all about government, 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 like the mob. 
Somebody dies, they leave an estate that's over $10.9 million. Let's say it's over $100 million. You have no idea what that business does, and you don't care. You have no idea what that farmer or that uh, the, the, the farm business does, and you don't care. The government needs to take money to redistribute pretty much, right? No, no, no. I, I, I don't believe that. I, I fall pretty much on the, on the center here. I just believe that. No, you really don't fall on the center. You I already told us what you think. Well, I'm not opposed to just, I'm just saying. My problem, you know, I'll give you an example. When there was no estate tax, George Steinbrenner passed away. And his family inherited the Yankees. You aware of this, Joe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm familiar. It was, it was the one year where there was that, there was that little loophole. Worth and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. When Jack Kent Cook died, there was a significant estate tax. And his family did everything they could to hold on to the Redskins. But they had to sell the Redskins. Do you know why, Joe? Go on, Mr. Levin. Because they didn't have the liquid assets to pay the taxes, the estate taxes. So they had to sell their business, something they, they had developed for decades. You don't care about any of this. You don't understand how hard it is to create something, to make it very, very successful, even wildly successful. And people make things successful and wildly successful... Not because um, they're able to do it by passing laws and forcing people to buy their products, forcing people to buy their services, because they create things that people want. And you, Joe, want to step in and say, okay, but here's what I want. I want this kind of health care program, and I want to run it through this agency, and I want to give this guy this and this guy that, even though nobody has earned it but the people who actually are paying the taxes. And that, to me, Joe, from a fundamental point of view, is immoral particularly when you consider we have a progressive income tax, particularly when you consider we pay an enormous amount of taxes in this country, trillions and trillions of dollars worth, and I'm not even including states and localities, I'm not even including property taxes and sales taxes and excise taxes and all kinds of taxes. You want to take the money after somebody's created this wealth, and this is a wealth tax, that's what it is. Let me ask you this question, Joe, why not take it from the people while they're alive? Well, that's that's what we're doing. I pay a lot of tax over here. I didn't ask you that. Follow the bouncing ball. I said this is a wealth tax. Why wait till somebody dies? Why not take it from them now? There, there are people in Congress who want to accomplish it. I didn't ask you that. Yep. I said, you, Joe, why not take it from them when they're alive rather than when they die? I believe that people who are earning $10 million a year could, could pay a, a, an extra couple percentage. People who are earning $10 million a year don't keep $10 million a year. No, they don't. And what if somebody's earning $10 million a year because they invented a drug that saves 50 people or 100 people? You'd still take the money from them, run it through the bureaucracy, launder it through the government, which takes 20 or 30% off the top, spit it out into some federal program that doesn't work. There's Joe's idea. Right, Joe? You know, you do a disservice to your audience by... Get off the phone, you idiot. I don't need to be analyzed by you. You're the one who needs analysis, not me. He's upset, you see, ladies and gentlemen, because he lost. I love doing this. Love it. Richard, Tri-Cities, Washington, the great KFLD. Go. Mark, great to hear yes. your show. I love it. Uh, Thank you. The NFL thing... These yes, guys sir. are entertainers. I don't think they should be allowed to voice their opinion, taking a knee uh, on national television. Well, they're hold on. Let me just tell you this. They're allowed to do it as long as their employer allows them to do it. 
Exactly. Can't stop well, the other thing, the other thing too about the employers, okay, they do have a lot of restrictions on them and everything else. But you know what? I hate to go this way with it. Let's start with O.J. Simpson. Let's go Michael Vick. Let's go Ezekiel Elliott. Well, 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 go, go, go. What? What are you talking about? The percentage of. All right. Uh, thanks for your call. I'm not going where you're going, bro. You can call somebody else. Let us go to Robert on Long Island, the great WABC. Go. Take my call, Mark. You're a great American. Thank you. You can call me. I actually. That's okay. No. I actually kind of disagree, but agree with you at the same time over Trump's tax plan. <laughs> okay, I got to hear this. Well, as a conservative, I'm all for lowering the taxes, but at the same time, deleting the deduction for your state and local taxes, especially your property taxes, it's going to be a non-starter between everybody. I agree with you. And if so, how do you disagree? If you're going to push for that, I said. At least push for a fair tax or a flat tax. So, in other words, there's something truly monumental that you're doing that has an enormously positive effect on the vast majority of the American people. And then you can explain it and promote it. And even if you're not going to get it, build the foundation so down the road something like that occurs. But if you're just going to say, you know what, we're going to nibble here and nibble here, and then we're going to get rid of uh, uh, state and local uh, tax, the deduction for state and local taxes and so forth, you're going to lose a lot of people. I mean, especially when, you know, I, I live in Nassau County on Long Island, where you have a huge amount of civil servants, police officers, firefighters. I mean, it, it would literally, it would lose an election. It, not that we should be looking that forward. To I, I'm going to tell you why, because this was hatched in part by a couple of Goldman Sachs guys. It was hatched in part by politicians who really don't spend enough time with their constituents. And if you're going to take a risk like this, don't take a risk like this for more uh, IRS mush. If you're going to take a risk like this, there needs to be a huge benefit, a big benefit. And nobody talks about the fair tax, the flat tax anymore. They just don't do it. And instead, it's, uh, you know, let me tell you why the estate tax is a good thing. And uh, let me tell you why. Uh, let, let me tell you why uh, anybody. Anyway. All right, Robert. So we really don't disagree. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Do something. Oh, yes, I is. I mean, yes, I am. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it, Mr. Ah, oh, I got it. Maybe you've uh, already taken the Hillsdale College free online introduction to the Constitution course. If not, why not? Sign up now. Well, you still can at levinforhillsdale.com, L E V I N for Hillsdale.com. If you didn't care about preserving the Constitution, then you wouldn't be listening to my show, right? Please care about it enough to learn how it affects you directly. And now, when you sign up to take the free course, even if you've taken it before, you can also download a free course guide that includes discussion questions. Use the guide for a small group or book club, even with your family. Each engaging video course lesson is under 15 minutes long. Finally, an interesting and easy way to learn about the Constitution and our rights. It's all at levinforhillsdale.com. The course and study guide are free offered as part of Hillsdale's mission to prepare Americans to defend liberty. And once registered, you have access to and can watch the lessons anytime you want. Pursue truth, defend liberty with Hillsdale College. This offer ends September 30th. 
That's very soon. I believe today's the 27th. So sign up while you still can right now. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. Okay. Yes, a wealth tax. It'll never end. Well, it'll never end. doesn't matter if we all pay these taxes or not. As a matter of morality, as a matter of principle, we know where we're heading with these things. We're taking the disagreeables. Bruce, Norfolk, Virginia, the Mark Levin app. Go. Uh, how are you doing, uh, Mr. Levin? I'm great. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much for letting me on your show. I just want to call you real quick let you know that <clears throat> I support uh, people taking one knee. Uh, I support uh, the NFL taking one knee. And I support anybody who's trying to exercise their constitutional rights. What I don't like... Let, let, me, let me ask you a question. First, it's not a constitutional right. This has nothing to do with the First Amendment. The government's not involved. What, what I think you want to say, or what you are saying, you tell me if I'm right or wrong, is, look, people have the right to speak. Yes, freedom of speech, yes, sir. They have the right to demonstrate. Sir. Okay, and we have the right to denounce them, and we have a right not to watch them, and we have rights, too. Now, we're not talking about fundamental constitutional rights here. We're just talking about the right to debate. Tell me something, sir. How far would you take this? People have a right to go on their knee on the on on the field. They, I'm they quite can, hold on. Now. I'm quite serious. But do they have the right to all yell the f word in unison on the field? Uh, they have the freedom to do it, but that's not professional. Do they have the right to run around naked on the field? No. Why not? Because there's kids out there, and families out there, and just immoral. It's not respectful, is it? No, no, sir, not respectful. Okay, so if people believe that getting down on the knee in protest during the national anthem is disrespectful to men and women who have fought and died for this country, don't they have no, a sir. point? No, don't sir. they have a point? No, sir. Oh, it's not disrespectful. No, Why no, not? No, sir. They're missing the event. They're yeah. connecting, trying to connect guys who fought for this country and the American flag with the national anthem is propaganda. And it's a well, pop- there you go. Well, there you go. So they might as well dance on the field naked then, as far as I'm concerned. Because if you're saying the flag and the national anthem are propaganda, then uh, I would argue you're un-American. Yeah, uh, Lombard, on the one you hand, know. you wrap yourself in the flag and the national anthem, talking about free speech. On the other hand, you have rhetorically spit on the flag and the national anthem. Call them propaganda. All right, sir. Thanks for your call. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. This is our three. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Well, obviously, there was a big election in Alabama, and Roy Moore won. And look, Roy Moore was supposed to win. What made it really interesting was the amount of money that Mitch McConnell, the boys, poured into the race to try and destroy Roy Moore. Not just defeat him, but destroy the man. And they've gotten away with this many, many times. And the people of Alabama said no. 
We love you, Mr. President. We're going to vote for Roy Moore. We've known him longer than you. But that doesn't mean we still, we still don't love you. And all kinds of people and all kinds of media types and all kinds of operatives have tried to project themselves into the middle of this uh, and come up with these grand uh, statements, um, how the country will look forevermore, the politics has been changed forevermore, this movement's on the rise, that movement's on the rise. No, no, no. It's the good old conservative values of the American people coming to the fore. And these values of the American people will never be destroyed. The movement that started in 2010, the Tea Party movement, has never died. It has never died. That's why you have a Republican House. That's why you have a Republican Senate. That's why you have this particular Republican president. It's not a new new movement. It's not a new force. It's the same people. It's the same force. The media, the live media will never get it. And they don't care. They want drama. They want personalities. They want characters. But you and I know this to be true. The people of Alabama know this to be true. And of course, we are hated for this. Lawrence O'Donnell, the man who abuses his staff when he doesn't think the camera's rolling, and truly a bizarre knucklehead. He was on MSLSD last night, and you can see he cuts off more victory speech right in the middle of when he's talking about God. Cut 14, go. But we're all created in the image of God. I recall what Harry Truman said in his inaugural address. The American people stand firm in the faith which has inspired this nation from the beginning. We believe that all people are created in the image of God, and from that faith we will not be moved. We've been moved. Okay, we're going to come back into the studio for this conversation. What I've been told by the control room is that he has been speaking about God and about God almost exclusively, uh, with, I think, uh, so far no real reference to uh, his opponent or Donald Trump. Uh, Roy Moore, uh, Mike Murphy, Roy Moore has said that homosexual conduct uh, should be illegal. He said that uh, just a few years It's the kind You know, of- let, 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 let's stop. Maybe he said it, maybe he didn't. But I do remember it wasn't that long ago. What was it, 2012, Mr. Producer? When, uh, when Obama was running for president, maybe it was 2008, whenever it was. When, uh, when Barack Obama didn't say the same thing, but he said something that should have offended, certainly Lawrence O'Donnell, which was he didn't believe in same-sex marriage. You remember that, Rich? Oh, I remember it. He didn't believe in it. Uh, but of course he won't be attacked for that. In fact, MSLSD has a person that used to anchor a show, maybe he still anchors a show on the weekend. I don't know, I don't watch that wasted carbon footprint. It's said some very awful things about Jews, and yet they paid a salary. Remember that, folks? As a matter of fact, Lawrence O'Donnell belongs to a political party that, uh, is famous or infamous for its stand 150 years ago or so for slavery, for segregation, for Jim Crow, for poll taxes, for literacy text, uh, tests. 
Now let's go to this montage, ABC, CBS, NBC, about the extremely conservative Roy Moore. Do they ever talk about the extremely liberal Bernie Sanders? They ever talk about how dangerous Bernie Sanders is? Cut 15, montage, hat tip, newsbusters, go. They helped an ultra-conservative candidate with strong views on Islam and gay marriage win last night. And now Roy Moore is on track to becoming the next U.S. Senator from Alabama. A staunch conservative, Moore thinks America has lost its basic source of morality. Roy Moore was a character who had been twice removed from the state Supreme Court, seen as extremely conservative on every issue. This is not, you know, someone who's natural fit for the world's most deliberative body. Uh, this is somebody who's been a, a provocateur, uh, someone who's been a culture warrior in an extreme way. Roy Moore. I thought, I thought they liked provocateurs and culture warriors. Don't they like provocateurs and culture warriors like Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren? And Al Sharpton? And on and on down the list? Go ahead. Just right-wing favorite who was thrown off Alabama's Supreme Court twice. Of course, Alabama is one of the most conservative states in the nation, so even with his conservative, extreme conservative views, Roy Moore is favored to win. But it's his extreme views that really set him apart. Moore, revered by social conservatives, tried to rally his core supporters by brandishing a gun at his final campaign event Monday. I believe in the Second Amendment. And he's no stranger to controversy. You know, Hillary Clinton is no stranger to controversy. I mean, her multiple violations of the Espionage Act and her long history of immoral and unethical behavior. And, of course, her big dummy husband, and we know that's not real, but there he is, pretend husband, uh, he was impeached. He was impeached. Wasn't convicted, but he still was impeached. And that doesn't seem to upset the left or the Democrats when they keep trotting this guy out to talk about women's rights and so forth. The man was impeached. Roy Moore was forced off the Supreme Court in Alabama because he stood for what he believed in. Whether you agree with him or not, he stood for what he believed in. And he suffered the consequences. Unlike these football players who don't suffer any consequences. He stood for what he believed in. Why is it then, again, whether you agree with what he said or what he did or what he stood for, is, it's not secondary, but I'm not discussing that right now. Why is it when the left does such, such things, it's okay? How many times has Luis Gutierrez been arrested for demanding open borders, for demanding citizenship for illegal aliens? Probably so many times we can't even count them. Yet they don't talk about Luis Gutierrez, who's been arrested repeatedly for illegal conduct, who's a left-wing extremist. Oh, we never hear about Luis Gutierrez, do we? So it's very precious, isn't it, for the media, this extreme right-wing conservative extremist, this, this, this conservative, this... He's way out there, this radical. But when it comes to the Democrats, Bernie Sanders has a proposal. Free health care, free college, wealth tax. And he's supported by 45% of the Democrats. Not a Marxist. Clearly is a Marxist. Not a radical, not an extreme, none of those things. And, uh, of course, uh, Lawrence O'Donnell is very upset that the candidate who won, Roy Moore, keeps talking about God. Keep talking about God? 
This is MSNBC. We don't talk about God here, even though we have a minister. So called. I believe he does it. Does Sharpton do a weekend show for them or not? Do you know, Rich? Oh, he does it. Do you know what time it's on? Does a Sunday show. Here we have a preacher who never talks about God, or very rarely. Nothing weird about that, is there? <laughs> no. And so we have to cut them off at MSNBC because we have so many important topics to talk about, which, of course, all have the same threat, which is to attack America, to attack uh, American values, to attack the American belief system, and, of course, when the camera's off for Lawrence O'Donnell, to attack his crew. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, I, I do a lot of thinking during the breaks. Of course, I do a lot of thinking, period. I write a lot of notes to myself. Some people talk to themselves. Well, I haven't done that yet, but when you write notes to yourself, I guess you're talking to yourself. You're certainly thinking to yourself. I was thinking during the break. If the owners in the NFL, if the league, if the players jointly are going to stand in unity, which started as an outright disrespect of our national anthem, of the American flag, of police officers, and of course, by implication, the military. Because those flags, as you know, they adorn caskets of those who fought in combat and have died, the veterans who die. They are flown at Arlington National Cemetery. I have seen parents in particular, but also spouses. From time to time, I go over there and announce I just go to pay respect. But a small American flag on that gravesite where their loved one is buried. Now, these are young men and women of all backgrounds, all races, who've died at a very young age for the most part serving this country. They didn't take a knee. They volunteered. Some of them were drafted. But they went to war. They went to combat. And they must have been scared to hell. Can you imagine? But they were tough. They were courageous. These are the people who believe in free speech. Not millionaires, narcissists, pretenders and posers who draw the attention of other pretenders and posers in the media and on the left who lecture you and me about how we need to be tolerant about free speech when it is you and I who they have no tolerance for whatsoever. Whatsoever. They castigate us, they degrade us, they try to humiliate us. We the people. These football players, they're not renowned or famous because they've done something important. They don't do anything they say they stand for. Unless, of course, it's on the weekends. It doesn't interfere with practice or with the game. It's pathetic. It's a joke. 
that national anthem to us, that flag to us, represents us. The country is us. It's not some thing. It's not some object. We're a great country because we're a great people. Not a perfect people, but a great people. One of the problems is, ladies and gentlemen, the ignorance that is on display is taught as a form of indoctrination in our high schools, in our colleges and universities, in our popular culture. The people who despise this country have the upper hand. And now they're demanding that we comply with their contempt for this country and their contempt for us. And we're not going to comply. You see, we're a free people too. And if they take a knee, we'll take a walk. You know, I've had a great honor. It's been a great honor for me from time to time to go to a football game, particularly the Redskins. And I've gone on my own. And I've also been invited into the owner's box. It's been a great honor. I've enjoyed it immensely. I've enjoyed meeting wonderful people. Patriots, as a matter of fact. But I have to stand united too. United with you, my listeners. My viewers on Levin TV. United with my parents and my family. And as long as this goes on, I'm not going to any football games. I'm just not. I'm not telling you to follow me. I'm not following anybody. You do what's in your heart and your soul. But I just can't stand it. I cannot stand it. I cannot imagine being at a football game and watching this. It just takes the joy out of it. Now, the football games I've been to, I must say, they've been very patriotic. I think Dan Snyder, as a matter of fact, the owner of the Redskins, is very patriotic. He's a very good man. But I'm not talking about any particular owner. I'm talking about an atmosphere that now exists. A mentality that now exists. And I have to be honest with you. I can't go to Arlington Cemetery and at the same time go to a football game when these players are kneeling. I just can't do both. So I won't go to the games. Period. I just won't. I'm not leading a revolution. I'm not leading a boycott. I'm not asking you to join arms with me or anything of the sort. You and I are free spirits and we're free people. We're not members of some big union where we all have to think the same and speak the same and act the same. We tolerate different views. And look, if they want to use a football stadium that way, they'll use a football stadium that way. I don't think there should be a color guard there anymore. I don't think there should be any flyovers by any uh, uh, jets in any any of our military services. I don't think there should be any of that. I don't think football should be subsidized anymore. By the federal taxpayers, state taxpayers, I don't think individual stadiums should be subsidized by federal, state, or local taxpayers. If this is what they want to do, then let them do it. But let them do it on their own dime. I believe this very, very strongly. 
I know too many Gold Star families to pretend otherwise. And I'm not going to turn my back on those Gold Star families. And I'm not going to turn my back on those young men and women who've given their lives. And I'm not going to turn my back on present-day military or law enforcement. Count me out. Count me out. There's some things that are more important than sports. And that includes football. And it includes basketball. If they started in baseball, that include baseball, too. Just the way it is. Faith, family, country. Nothing about football in there. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I shall return. Fan show the pool feed for the conservative media. Dive in now. 877-381-3811. By the way, did you see where uh, Hannity is really whipping? Uh, what is her name? Came out these MSNBC people. Maddow, that's right, Maddow. Oh, she's so smart, so smart. The hell has she said that's so smart? Oh, Rachel Maddow. Oh, yes, yes. Don't you know? Anyway. Uh, First night, Monday, Hannity wins. Second night, Tuesday, Hannity wins. Tonight's Wednesday, I bet he wins. I bet he wins the whole week. I bet he wins the whole week. And I'm sure that'll be covered by national media. I see it up on uh, Matt Drudge's webpage. By the way, Drudge is a great guy. Just a great guy. The way he covers stuff. By the way, you don't have to agree with everything again. You know, during the primary when tensions were high and nerves were on edge and all the rest of it. But uh, you have to wonder to, you, to yourself. Certain institutions, and the Drudge Report is an institution. What would we do without them? What would we do without them? Like those Hannity numbers. I wouldn't have even known about those Hannity numbers unless he personally called me or I personally called him. But there they are up on the Drudge Report. How come they're nowhere else? How come they're nowhere else? Because Fox beat MSNBC like a drum. And Hannity beat Rachel Maddow like a drum. By the way, I could do exactly the same thing to that whole damn lineup. No offense. I just could. Particularly that Lawrence O'Donnell. With a screaming at his crew. That's the uh, real Lawrence O'Donnell. All right. You know, uh, I learned something shocking from an FBI report recently. Do you know what the average property loss from just one home break-in is? $2,316. Think of it. One burglary, over 2000 bucks. Now, if you tally up all the burglaries in this country, it's worse the total loss is in the billions. Now, with so much to lose, I'm telling you, it's extremely important to protect your home. Try it with Simply Safe Home Security. Simply Safe protects every door and window in your home. This system is completely wireless, so you can set it up yourself without drilling holes in your wall. And you have professional alarm monitoring around the clock, ready to send the police at a moment's notice. That's just 15 bucks a month. With Simply Safe, you can be sure that your home and your things are protected. So go to simplysafemark.com 
and get a special 10% discount when you order today. Or, if you want the security system right away, you can run over to Best Buy. That's simplysafemark.com. That's how you get the 10% off. Yes, simplysafemark.com. It's really a great system. It's incredibly easy to install, and they do all the right things, and the technology is truly cutting edge. Something I want to get to, I think I'll get to it tomorrow. The Kurds, there's a great piece at PJ Media by David Goldman. I'm a big fan of the Kurds, ladies and gentlemen, and yes, they're Muslims. And they have fought alongside American troops and European troops. They have fought ISIS. They have fought the Iranians. They've fought the uh, thuggish uh, regime of Erdogan, our new buddy in Turkey. They're pro-American. They're pro-our allies. They're pro-Israel. And they're Muslims. Why aren't we celebrating these people? Why aren't we celebrating the Kurds? Well, I'm going to celebrate them tomorrow. Why? Because they're a minority? Because they get in the way of our deals with Turkey? That disgusting, despotic, good-for-nothing, Erdogan? Oh, it's Erdogan. I call him Erdogan. I speak English. All right, let's take a call. Aaron, Hadesburg, Mississippi, Sirius Saddle. I know exactly where that is. How are you, Aaron? Doing all right. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you, sir. Well, I just wanted to call and, you know, tell you thank you for doing what you're doing. Um, you know, we, I have Sirius XM. I have a subscription with Levin TV. And, frankly, I thank use you. TV show almost on a daily basis. And well, you're very kind. You're going to get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, probably. But you know what? If teaching the facts gets me fired, then that's a worthy cause to get fired for. I'll find something else to do. Well, I may represent you if, if they do that, but go right ahead. Uh, I'm fairly resourceful, I'd like to think. But, you know, it, it was very, um, I guess, ironic for me because this whole week I've been going over the executive branch of the Constitution, Article 2, with my seniors. And, you know, the argument about the Electoral College came up. And I happened to watch your episode last night. Mm-hmm. And it just, I mean, it was perfect timing. And so I played it for him today after we, you know, did our book work and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, whether they actually pay attention or not is debatable at times. But, you know, they don't get these facts like they should. And it's like I tried to explain to them. I said, the public education system has failed you. And I'm part of that system, and I'm putting my own butt on the line by saying it. Mm -hmm. But the reality is you're being taught snippets of it and you're not even being taught anything about the constitution in regards to american history until your senior year when it comes to american government and then it's shoddy at best at that point mm-hmm. and these different articles the separation of powers the three branches of the government their roles and responsibilities what they can and can't do these kids don't know anymore mm-hmm. i mean to be honest with you, i'm 26 years old and i had to figure it out for myself for the most part and by the way, I had to figure it out for the most part by myself. Right. I mean, it's like I've tried to tell them, you've got a lot of bozos up in D.C. Just because they have an M.D. or Ph.D. or whatever behind their name doesn't make them smart individuals. Mm-hmm. They just spend a lot of money to get some initials at the end of their name. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, yes, I have a master's degree and a bachelor's degree, all that good stuff. 
but my bachelor's degree is in coaching. My master's degree is in general education. Mm-hmm. Everything I know constitutionally, I took the initiative and did the research myself. And that's and I the went best the way to do it. I didn't, right. And I, did, I went through a phase where I didn't care what was going on. I cut off the news. It just did nothing but frustrate me. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ignore it. But the fact of the matter is, once you get a real job and you start paying taxes and you see how much money is coming out of your paycheck that goes to pointless study programs like putting a fish on a treadmill to see how well it can walk. (laughs) It's it's absolutely pointless. You look at Social Security, how much money you're putting into that, and I might as well use it to start a fire. Because the retirement age will be, if I'm lucky, 80 when I retire, and Social Security will be bankrupt at that point because disability comes out of it. So as a result, you have more people withdrawing than putting in. But let me ask you this. You like living in TV, right? Because I get into these areas, and we try and take our time to address things, sometimes that are out there that need to be addressed in, in real time. But other times, I'll say to my, my crew, you know what, we're not going to do that. I want to talk about the Electoral College. Or, you know what, we're not going to do that. I want to talk about something else and so on. That format allows me to do that from a TV perspective. Right. Maybe I should go on Fox. You think I'd be good on Fox? I mean, you would, but they would put so many restrictions on you, you probably wouldn't be able to do everything you wanted to do. Yeah. All right, Aaron. I appreciate your call. Very gutsy teacher. Damn it, I meant to give him a book, Rediscovering Americanism. You can call back. I don't know that you'll get through, Aaron. Let's continue. Let's go to Alan, Bridgewater, Virginia, on the Mark Levin app. How are you, Alan? Oh, it's an honor. Uh, I grew up 15 minutes from where you grew up. I'm 15 years older than you. <laughs> where, where? Outside of Philly? Yeah, um, Lower Abington Township, just above oh, Rockbridge. Oh, wow. I know exactly. Well, of course, I know exactly where that is. Yeah, I grew up in Cheltenham, and my and my Fox Chase. That's right. And my parents well, had a little store Fox on Saint, Old. Go ahead. It's next to St. Basil's Academy near Jenkintown. But yep. anyway, um, back in, I'm 75 on Constitution Day, just passed, and mm-hmm. I remember VJ Day. Um, I was two then, but I remember it, <laughs> and. Uh, this is bothering me. We had people like Robin Roberts, Del Ennis from the Phillies, no, Bobby Shantz from the A's, and Chuck Bednarik from the Eagles living among us. They were mm-hmm. our heroes. They weren't anything like these guys today. Nope. My father played handball every week with Chuck Bednarik up at the Abington YMCA. Mm-hmm. You know, they were just folks. They cut their lawns. We'd be riding by on our bikes. They'd be out there cutting their lawn. They're nothing like what we're dealing with today. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad I grew up when I did. It is really sad. It is really sad. And these guys take a knee. And, and the other thing is, I will say this. I don't care if people get angry at me. I feel like as a group, not as individuals, but as a group, the athletes were more patriotic then, too. I'm, Excuse me. They, they would they would leave their careers for three, four, five years at a time. Man was in World War II and called back. He was on Big Top. He was the clown that went down. His head would go down every Saturday on on Channel Ten, and it said Big Top on top of his head. He looked like Emmett Kelly. 
but he mm-hmm. did all the inter, uh, you know between at the. This is uh, for the rest of the country. This is local uh, Philadelphia TV. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, and he was in the he was a Marine Corps pilot along mm-hmm. with Ted Williams, and he was in the Second World War and he got called back to the Korean War just like Ted Williams. These were mm-hmm. people that were around us. They weren't all stuck up. Nope. All right, Alan, I appreciate it. And most of these men at that time grew up dirt poor. Nobody handed them anything. I don't care what the race was or is. They were dirt poor. Many of them came from nothing. Some of the greatest athletes ever. And many of them died with nothing. And so it is very frustrating for some of us. I'm 60 years old now and others. That gentleman was 75. It's very frustrating for us to see what's going on today. And we don't need lectures about it either. We don't need interpretations. We know exactly what's going on. All right. Oh, I have to take a break. We'll be right back. in. I did something this year that I never thought I could. No, not that. I actually measured and installed custom-made blinds. One guy taught me uh, through his family-owned Houston-based company, Blindster.com. That's BlindsTER.com. And that guy, well, he's a great entrepreneur, Kyle Cox. He started the entire online window treatment industry. Now, some of these big companies are trying to copy him, but they can't. Kyle's a man of incredible character. He's got vision. He stands by hardworking Americans who place their trust in him, who spend the money, and who just want an honest deal. You'll always get Kyle's personal fit or free guarantee. If for any reason your blinds don't fit, even if you measured incorrectly, Blindster will make the new sizes needed for free. You only pay shipping. Kyle treats every customer like he treats me. And since he's my buddy, he also gives my listeners a whopping 40% off your entire order of quality blind shades and shutters. Look, if you can use a tape measure and turn a screwdriver, you can install custom-made window treatments, too. Blindster.com. Enter promo code MARK at checkout for 40% off your entire order. That's Blindster.com. Blindster.com. Promo code MARK. All right, let's go. Guy, Vidalia, Louisiana, Sirius Satellite, go. Good morning. Well, good afternoon. How you doing? I've been listening I'm to your show great. for a few days. I really enjoy your show. My wife had a big kick out of it. Thank uh, you, sir. Oh, yeah, I'll start off. I'm in the service. Hold on now. Hold on now. She didn't tell you to shut it off, did she? Oh, no. She, you know, she, 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 she didn't tell me. you that guy yells too damn much, did she? No, she, she's a... Uh, He's an Air Force brat. Her father was in, was in Vietnam during uh, the, uh, and he was in the Air Force, won the Bronze Star. So she, oh wow, hey, she bleeds, she bleeds red, white, and blue. <laughs> Amen. She That's wonderful. So, she is so disgusted with these with these players, and I, I Merle Haggard sang a song years ago. If you don't love this country, leave it. Let this song be a warning. And when you talk about our country, man, you're walking on the fine side of me. Mm-hmm. And uh, people need to realize this country is not falling apart because of Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. We're, the, we're the people that voted these people into office. We're the people that control control it just by saying just saying our voice. I mean, enough's enough. They need to do their job and take care of the people that they were. Let, let me ask you a question, guy. 
for sure. the liberals out there. What in the world has Donald Trump done as president oh, that's so horrible? What's he done that's so horrible? He has pointed he has pointed out our faults, but he's also trying to make it better. I mean, if he's uh, he's right, but telling these owners to uh, to make these guys stand. But, and in ter- not- but in terms of his policies, he hasn't done anything that hurts anybody. No, he's trying to fix it, and they won't let him fix it. That's right. They can't control him. That's what they're afraid of. That's why they want Donald Trump to win. They can't control Donald Trump because he has no allegiance to anybody but America and the people that are here. I don't think he's racist by any stretch of the imagination. None whatsoever. I All really right, don't. guy. He... Listen, my best to your wife, okay? Yeah. All right, God bless. Be well. Candy, Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, the great WTMA. Go. Great to talk to you. Thank you so Thank much you. for what you have just said. Finally, someone will say what these NFL players are. It's unbelievable to me that they dare do what they are doing, and the coaches, too. Um, I can only just say thank you. I agree 110%, and I thank you for speaking up and saying the truth. I have no need to watch football ever again. Um, you know, like you said, that's not important, but it is important. Someone start teaching respect to people. They're not teaching respect to our kids. And I just can't believe that coaches or any of them would dare not stand for the American flag. And I just Well, you know, you, you, raise a, you raise an important point, Candy. If you're going to bring your kids to a sporting event, whatever the sport, sporting event, and the players disrespect the anthem or the flag or the country. Um, you're probably not going to want to go back with your kid, are you? Absolutely not. All right, Candy. You take care. Thanks for your call. Rich, Charlotte, North Carolina, Sirius Satellite. How are you, sir? All right. How are you doing there, Mr. Mark? I'm doing great. Thank you. All right, awesome, man. Like I said, I am a black male Trump supporter from day one because he got up there and he stood the truth. He told the exact truth. Trump has not said one racist thing. I asked people, what has he said that's racist? They can't even tell you what he said that's racist. But anyway, going on, Colin Kaepernick, he did that stunt in order to try to get out of his contract, and he used Ferguson as a reason to do so. It backfired on him. He can't land a team. And now all these other athletes, they're only falling in line because it seems like the cool, popular thing to do. Let's all bash Trump. But in reality, Trump is trying not – the only thing he's trying to do is help us. And, you know, it just – it really frustrates me because what they're doing is a play play straight out of Sololinsky's Rules for Radicals. And that's what exactly is going on. And I wish that Jeff Sessions or somebody would go after George Soros We'll go after Don Podesta. You got the WikiLeaks. They got all the ammunition they need. They need to start arresting these people. By the way, it says here you canceled your subscription to what? I I canceled my NFL subscription. Uh, They tried not to let me out of it. I told them I'm canceling it because I don't appreciate the politics that has crept. All right, Rich, got to go. Thanks for your call. Call again. Appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute the armed forces, the police officers, the firefighters, and the emergency personnel. We don't take a knee. We stand up rock ribs solid with them. Check out Levin TV tonight. I'll be back on the radio tomorrow. God bless you all.